This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. We've heard for many years that we need to tell our farm story and share the story of agriculture. But is that really true? Plenty of us probably sell crops and livestock and don't think much about sharing what we do. Is technology and consumer demand changing that though? It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Pivot Bio. Where are prices headed? Can you maintain margins with the high volatility in grain and input markets? There is certainly uncertainty. But in these times, Pivot Bio Proven 40 is working to provide you a certain source of nitrogen, up to the equivalent of 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen, in fact, that stays put, whether or not, as Pivot Bio Proven's molecules attach to the roots of the corn plant. And in a time in which margins can be tight and sustainable farming methods are more than a buzzword, it's time to look at Pivot Bio. The field demonstrations on our farm show an opportunity for a better ROI and a reduction of synthetic nitrogen. To learn more, just go to pivotbio.com. Leah Halverson's farm has a story unto itself. You'll get some of that background in a moment, but because of what this farm grows, she began to see the need to help share more information with consumers. That work led her to found 10 Acre Marketing, a company with roots in her family's ag enterprise that works with many in agriculture to better connect with consumers. But just how necessary is it to share what you do on the farm? And even if you think you should, how would you do it and on what platforms would you share it? I think you'll be interested by what Leah has to say and what that may mean for each of us in the future of agriculture. Leah Halverson joins me. She's from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Leah, you have quite a story, not only on the agriculture side, but the communication side and kind of how those two marry each other in a, in a sense. Give me the background of the farm, though, because this farm dates back many generations there in the Red River Valley. Yeah, it does. I, I like to call myself a fourth generation potato farmer. Uh, so my great grandpa, Hallie Halverson, started Black Old Farms in 1928. Um, he was actually, he was a banker by trade. And um, in in the metropolis of Forest River, North Dakota, a population of about 100, uh, which is about 30 miles north of Grand Forks, North Dakota. And so he was a banker. And back in those days, you know, bankers can kind of, uh, they weren't quite as regulated, if you will. And so my my great grandpa, Hallie, he understood the market and he understood what was going on. And he ended up um, uh, acquiring some land. And so he knew he knew the farmers that were doing well and and he knew what kind of the outlook was for the for the future of the egg industry. And so he ended up growing um, 10 acres of certified seed potatoes in 1928. And so, you know, um, as as a story goes, we've grown my my family has grown potatoes every year since then and now we grow black old farms grows um potatoes in about um 10 states uh all potatoes uh mostly for chipping for fresh for fries for the some seeds so kind of the whole gamut so your farm dates back and now has grown to quite an enterprise 
how involved are you are the, then in the day-to-day farming operations? Because we're going to get to the communications in a moment uh, because it's quite a large operation there. So um, my day-to-day involvement right now is is somewhat limited, but I tell you what, growing up, I would weigh trucks. I would, you know, be in the field. I would grade potatoes. So growing up, I had a lot of involvement when I was, when I had time, when I wasn't in school or sports or activities. Um, after college, I worked at an agency and then came back, quote unquote, back to the farm. Um, and that was my day job doing sales, business development, um, all of that kind of, kind of, you know, marketing, sales, communications, uh, uh, part of what we did. So I did that for several years. And then, um, like you said, I, I, I still have my big toe in the farm, but, um, my, now my day job is doing that marketing communications for, for, um, other egg organizations. So 10 acre marketing is the, is the business. Was that because you saw a need with your own farm or was this something where I said, Hey, I just want to do something different, but still be in agriculture. How did, what was the evolution of that piece of the business? So a little bit of both, you know, um, if, if our farm, our family, we're all very entrepreneurial. Uh, so I was always kind of in the back of my mind thinking I kind of want to do something on my own, but you know, you can take the girl off the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the girl or whatever. Uh, so I I knew that there were other organizations like Black Old Farms that that needed help and needed something um, uh, kind of more specialized to tell that farm story to to really, you know, social media was starting to be a big deal. Um, I may be dating myself, um, you know, years ago. Uh telling that brand story that farming, you know, is, is more than just a guy and a tractor or whatever, that there's, there's people and there's passion behind, um, you know, growing food and, and, and participating in the community and, and, and really developing that story about how people eat. Um, so I knew based on my, on my experience that there was a need for that specifically, that there's a difference between sales and marketing and operations. Uh, so in order to really elevate and to advance agriculture, the, how we talk about agriculture, um, I, I felt like there was a huge opportunity for that. So then when you began, who were you working with in a sense in general and what were you trying to do for them? Well, I was lucky when we started, when I started 10 Acre Marketing, I had a built-in client uh, with Black Old Farms. So, of course, they're my, they're my first uh, and, of course, you know, best client. And I think I can say that without, without ruffling any feathers. But uh, so we started with, uh, you know, just people we knew and who we work with. So we have, you know, some equipment guys that, you know, are, are in the potato industry, but also do a few other things. Um, we're doing some association work and now we've branched out to some fresh produce clients and the entire supply chain, just really connecting that farmer to plate um, story and knowing that there's more to messaging than just, you know, we have a potato or we have, you know, um, some oranges or whatever. Uh, so we've been really lucky that we've been able to work with clients throughout the entire supply chain, both in kind of agribusiness and in produce. Was there any specific challenge that you saw at the time, or maybe it continues today, with Black Gold Farms specifically that said, we need to do more of this. This is good for me to go into because we already have a challenge with what we're doing in our farming operation. Well, there's kind of a 
need, not kind of, there's a need because our customers are looking for more information. Our, our, you know, we don't necessarily sell a lot direct to consumer, but there's, there's our customers, our, the processors or the retailers, they need information. They need, you know, uh, the talking points. They need to know who they're buying from and what their story is. And so that really was a part of what we wanted to do was to arm our customers to help tell that story. Um, they have, you know, a, a bigger platform and a bigger, uh, you know, kind of consumer direct consumer communication. So that was a huge part of it is making sure that our customers were armed with the information. Also, you know, labor is of course a huge issue and, and, you know, you look at the data millennials and, and, you know, kind of the generation coming up or that are here, they want to work with organizations that have a purpose. And um, so we knew that we really had to dig down and, and figure out what our purpose is and talk about that, uh, you know, who we are and what we do. You know, we say we can, we can teach potatoes at Black Oak Farms. We know that, but what we want is, is passionate people. And we see that in Black Gold and we also see that with other organizations too. It's like, what's your real purpose? Who are you? Um, it's more than just moving one thing from point A to point B. Um, so really creating that narrative, you know, that, that, that there's there's a reasoning um, for for these brands and for these companies of doing what they're doing. So with what you do, let's just talk Black Gold Farms here for a moment before we branch out from that. Is the communication and the marketing side of getting this message out truly something that makes you stand out from others? Uh, were others in the industry finding that you need to do this because your customers are wanting this information? They're going to a different brand because maybe you can't supply it or you aren't doing what they, they want to as far as how you're producing potatoes and, and so forth? I would say so. It's, I, you know, it's not a... It, it's not necessarily an all or nothing. It's part of your entire, um, you know, kind of communication platform or or each of your touch points. So you're really developing your, you know, what I would call like an equity bucket of messaging. And that's, you know, your social media, your trade show, your how you deliver yourself. Um, are we doing anything different than other growers? I... Um, you know, they're each doing it in their own authentic way. And what, you know, and it's, that's, I think is very important. It's what's important to them. Um, I know, I remember when I first told my dad and my brothers, I said, we got to get on, on social media. We got to get on Facebook. And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then everybody's going to know what we're doing. And, and so my, my, feedback to them was okay well they they could drive by the farm and say that they saw something and make up what we're doing or we could be proactive and talk about what we're doing and so that was kind of our litmus test we call it a drive-by that if you can drive by and see what we're doing then we should be able to talk about it and I think that just you know helps um helps again tell that story and when when other growers do that that just elevates agriculture in general do you think that it is something that all farmers, regardless of size and what they do, need to be thinking about? And I'm, I'm betting you'll say, well, yes, they need to think about it. But how proactive do I need to be? Because if I'm out maybe growing corn and soybeans, I'm not marketing direct to the consumer, and I don't necessarily have a lot of skills and talent in the communications world, is that something I really need to do? Do I need to hire somebody? Or do I rely on commodity groups and others to carry the weight? Where do you fall? Or maybe it's just very much a case-by-case -case situation. It 100% is a case-by-case -case situation because if you don't like it and you don't want to do it, it, like 
doing nothing is better than doing it poorly, you know, um, or you do get involved in your association and and participate in the bigger picture of, you know, I'm supporting this commodity and be on the committees and the boards and, and participate. And another thing I would say is what what do you really want to do? Right. Like, do you need more land? Do you are you looking for labor? Do you want to solidify relationships um, with your vendors, like your bankers and your equipment guys and your you know chemical guys? So so it's. It starts out with what's your big objective and then and then figure out how much, you know, you want to invest time, money, resources, and then go from there and really what your ROI is. Because you can put stuff out just to put stuff out. And and if you enjoy that, more power to you. But um, I don't think farmers have time just to just to go do stuff for fun. So the people that you're working with then tend to be who are they? large farmers? Are they ag retailers? Who is it? And then what do you help them be able to do? Because obviously there's a need because your business continues to flourish. Uh, yeah, it's really, it's, um, we've been lucky. We've been able to touch pretty much every part of the supply chain. So it is some growers. It's, you know, the, the, the input providers, you know, be it chemical equipment, um, even finance. We have some ag finance uh, companies. We have some wholesalers and distributors. Again, on the produce side, we have some, uh, you know, grower shippers, importers on the produce side. Really, everybody that's um, touched the supply chain. Some logistics companies. We've worked with um, quite a few associations, um, association groups, because we feel like we can talk. We know the farmer language, um, and so it's it's worked out really well. Uh, to kind of stay in our lane with what we know and, and you know, um, based on our experience. I know this would be a difficult question because it's so broad, but where would be a good place for us to start as folks in agriculture? What would be some things for me to say, okay, think about this when you're speaking with fellow farmers, with potential customers, even if I'm not marketing direct to customers, where should I begin thinking about the message about what I do on my farm and in agriculture? first thing is just to really take a step back and and think about why we do what we do what makes us different and where do we want to go when I say we I mean the collective farmer you know whoever you're talking about uh you know what's what is this going to look like in in five years and and of course the big question who cares right like so who who could help affect this change who could help advance my organization or advance my brand and and what does that look like when you were at the Top Producer Summit, you spoke about telling your sustainability story. So is that sustainability story, number one, more important than some other stories? Is it just a buzzword today? What are you finding out there when you're working with clients and others about this whole thing around sustainability? Yeah, I mean, sustainability is a buzzword. And as much as we try to escape it, we're not going to. And now there's, you know, there other words, you know, regenerative egg, blah, 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 organic, natural. There's so many words. But what I encourage people in ag to really do is, is, is again, really showcase what your purpose is and what your why is and what you're doing to advance agriculture, advance um, um, technology and innovation in how to, you know, treat your your land better, your people better, how to how you invest in your communities. Um, that's a huge part of the story. And sometimes as growers and as innovators, um, we get lost in the science. And then so the story kind of gets um, 
uh, it, it, a little too technical. So if we back up and just say, you know what, this is what we do, why we do it. We love it. Here's our family and tell that authentic story. Um, I, I think that uh, will help set the foundation of, of talking about, you know, other things in terms of sustainability. Is sustainability, do you think, at top of mind right now when consumers are thinking about the connection back to the farm? Is that the, the key word or what are some of the other things that you're finding that we need to help bridge the gap on? Yeah, I think consumers are looking for that. Consumers are looking for, you know, ethically grown food. What You know, and again, whatever that means, sustainably grown food, at least farmers who care about the environment. And as we all know, all farmers care about the environment. Um, but also our customers, our processors, our retailers, um, you know, the manufacturers, they need to be sustainable as well. And so the farmers can really help um, them with their goals, with their sustainability goals and their sustainability messaging. Um, You know, when they report out to their shareholders, they can say, okay, farmer XYZ has, has, has done this and, and then that farmer might have some proof points, be it on social media or, or in, you know, in the press or, uh, you know, have other materials to really showcase and prove that they are participating in what, you know, they have said that they're going to do. So as a farmer, should I be worried about what's coming down the road that they're going to be asking me to tell more of this story, to talk about what I'm doing, or is it a great opportunity uh, or is it perhaps somewhere in between? Uh, I, I don't think you should be worried, but I think you should be expecting that it's going to be the price of poker. You know, it's it's going to be on your checklist of what do we have to do every year? We have to make sure that we have our messaging in place. We have to make sure that we have a brand in place and that we're following through with it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we're going to have if, if growers don't already have their customers or their processors already doing sustainability type audits. Well, let's use that and create a message around it that, you know, what we're doing is improving the environment. So, yeah, it's going to be the price of poker. How much role does the farmer have in in talking about what's really going to happen? In other words, sometimes it feels like a lot of the change is done to us. And so do we really have the ability to create the change that we believe is best on the farm? Or is it most of us just forced back down the channel on us that we have to somehow develop this story that the consumer wants to hear? Well, I think if, you know, the 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 more voices, the better. So if there's, you know, the two or three big farms saying stuff, that's one thing. But if we can get a collective voice telling their story, there's, there's some common threads through all stories of, of in agriculture, right? There's that same passion, that same, that same purpose. And so, you know, the, the, the greater the voice, I think, the more likely that change can be affected. And it, it needs to be all shapes and sizes uh, that, that tell their story. What's the biggest challenge you feel right now in in helping clients uh, do this, whether it's with the clients themselves or with the folks that you're trying to get the message across? What's the big challenge or challenges out there? Uh, The big challenge, you know, that we see every day right now is that, you know, we talk about change is that we don't know what's coming down the pipe. Right. Like, I mean, you look at obviously the last two years, it completely you know, transformed how we communicate and what we communicate. Um, so it's 
it's difficult to make long-term plans with marketing communications and even branding because, you know, long-term, you, you know, you used to do a five-year strategic plan. Well, that's that's unheard of now, right? Like you maybe do an 18-month strategic plan and, and hope that uh, you don't have to take a sharp left turn. And so I think the biggest challenge is to always have some flexibility and be ready to pivot. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's in the field, that's in the office, that's your, you know, communication strategy in general. And so that, um, that's the biggest challenge. If I'm listening to this and whether piece of agriculture I'm at, where's a good place for me to start if I haven't really thought about, in a sense, I'll put in quotes, telling my story. And, but I, I'm interested in this. Where do you suggest to start? You know, go to your local associations, go to, you know, um, like you guys read the publications, go online. There's a wealth of, of information. Um, find your, your, you know, your favorite neighbor grower, see what they're doing, uh, website, social media, you know, all that kind of stuff. See what's, see what, uh, you know, um, is interesting to you. Talk to your friends and family, uh, and then don't be bashful and put put something out there. It, it's it, it putting something out there on social media. I know it sometimes can be daunting, but it's just be authentic. Just be who you are. Um, share your story. So as somebody who has a couple of teenagers that are, of course, better at social media than I am. Are there any certain areas of social media that you think resonate better right now with consumers and the public? I suspect we, you know, it's good to have a little bit of everything, but where do you connect the most or help clients connect the most with them? Yeah, it all depends on who your audience is. You know, so your teenagers is, and, and I have a teenager, my guess is they're on TikTok, right? So if you're really trying to get that generation or, or if that's your brand strategy to be a little bit more entertaining or educational, there's TikTok. If you, you know, kind of want to be a little bit more community-based, uh, Facebook is great. If you're looking for employees or people to, you know, be a part of your team, then you go to LinkedIn. If you just want to shoot out, you know, this is what I'm doing today. This is pieces of, of information, then it's Twitter. So you really have to, you know, develop that strategy and what do you really want to do? So I can't, I, I can't ever tell a client like, you'd need to be on Facebook because we really have to uh, dig deep into what do you want to accomplish? Who are you? What's authentic? So there's that discussion. And what do you know and what do you like to do too? On which platform? I was just in a meeting two weeks ago and the conversation was, should we, with this, you know, ag business firm, should we begin to get on TikTok? We've not done TikTok yet and that's where we need to go. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're working with some folks on TikTok. Is well, that right? Doing short videos? We are. We are. We, we, it's, it's pretty much in all of our planning sessions. We're doing a few uh, a few TikToks right now. And it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. You just have to, but you have to commit to it. Right. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's kind of that user generated content and branded content and kind of the mix of that. Um, and, and another good thing, like with TikTok too, is it, it, there's so much content on it that it'll, it'll live on that platform, but then it gets buried real soon. Right. So you just have to keep, keep creating content and putting it out there. You know, in a world in which we think about social media sometimes being such a negative influence, but you have to be out there in it. How do you see it? Are there days that I'm sure it has to frustrate you, but do the opportunities outweigh the, the frustrations? Because it can be used for so much harm as well. But yet we have to be, in some cases, some ways involved in it. 
Absolutely. Oh, there's, there's so much damaging stuff out there. So, so we have had clients that say, no, I don't want to participate in it, you know, fake news. And I, I'm, I'm out and that's fine. And you're not going to change anybody's mind. Again, if you don't, if you're not into it, then, then we'll find something else to do. But I do think that by and large, the good can outweigh the bad. And, you know, it's, it's, in, in agriculture, especially, we have the opportunity to populate these platforms with really great things. You know, we're so lucky that we're in an industry where, yeah, yeah, there, there's some stuff that can happen that that might be a challenge. But by and large, we have a really positive, encouraging story to tell. I mean, we we do grow food, right, that that people eat and that they enjoy. Um, we employ a lot of people. We take care of the land. We're the first ones at, you know, 4-H and FFA to donate and uh, in, in the, you know, food pantries. So it, we have a lot of really positive things to talk about. Um, and, you know, when when you can populate the platforms with more positive than negative, then maybe we can squish out some of the you know, bad apples, if you will. Leah, before we wind up, are there ways that folks can connect or learn from you and what 10 acre marketing sharing out there? Yeah, absolutely. Of course we're on, we're on the socials. Um, but our website is www.10acremarketing, T-E-N-A-C-R-E-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G.com. Uh, so that's our, our website and we have, um, all of our contact information on there. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's it for this week's Farming the Countryside. I appreciate you listening. Remember, you can hear all of our shows at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or on your favorite podcast platform. And you can follow Farming the Countryside on Facebook as well. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com.